Hello and welcome to the 49ers First and 10 podcast. 10 minutes of the most up-to-date 49ers news first thing in the morning. I'm your host, Brianna McDonald, and I'm joined by 49ers team reporter, Lindsay Pilares, and a special guest, Chris McPherson, Philadelphia Eagles digital media senior manager. Chris, thanks for joining the podcast. Good morning. Glad to get things going. It is a huge week, big NFC showdown, the championship game rematch. I'm sure we're going to talk about that aspect of it, but uh, looking forward to break this one down. It's going to be an amazing matchup here this weekend at Lincoln Financial Field. Absolutely. It feels like every week we're saying that the next game is highly anticipated, but this one really stands out from the rest. A rematch of last season's NFC Championship game. Just 10 months ago, the 49ers went into Philly to face a number one seed Eagles team. And this Sunday, the 49ers are traveling right back for a big matchup in the race for the top of the NFC. Chris, the Eagles are 5-0 and at home this season. Can you give some insight as to what the environment is like at the link and how that's influencing these matchups? Quite honestly, the home field advantage for the Eagles is extended beyond Philadelphia. Eagles fans travel so well, but... I know Niners fans travel well, but, you know, quite honestly, the popularity with this team and just the excitement for this matchup, um, you know, the parking lots, they open earlier and earlier, it seems, every week to make sure everyone gets in on time. Uh, There's a phenomenal laser light show pregame that just gets everyone amped up. I mean, you know, the way this team has played, you know, 10-1 in back-to-back seasons to open the year, they've had the best regular season record since the start of 2022. I mean... This is one of the toughest places to play in the league because the fans are into it for the entire 60 minutes. Or as we saw against the Bills, and I'm sure Niners fans were disappointed, <laughs> but a little bit into overtime uh, this past weekend. But, you know, even even if it's the rain, the sleet, whatever, it, it doesn't matter. The fans are going to be out there in full throat, and it's just one of the tougher places to play in the entire league. And it's a huge reason why the Eagles are, you know, in the situation that they're in, 10-1 with a chance to clinch a playoff spot, crazy enough, uh, this upcoming Sunday. Meanwhile, the 49ers have benefited from some extra days of rest and sat back and watched the Eagles take on the Buffalo Bills last Sunday. So, Lindsay, what did some of the Niners' locker room have to say about their upcoming opponent? Yeah, so the Niners, because of just the way the schedule shook out, kind of had a mini-buy heading into Week 13. So they actually got all of Friday, Saturday, Sunday off before coming back into the building on Monday. That was the first chance we had to talk to some of the players, and I was in scrums with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, both of who said that they watched the game. Uh, Brandon Ayuk said he wasn't completely tuned in the entire time but saw enough and knows that this is an incredibly talented Philadelphia Eagles team um, obviously going to be watching a ton of film as they prepare for the game this week um, Debo Samuel also said that they played very well they got the win I think that you know in general this locker room knows that the type of team they are about to face on Sunday obviously a team that they saw fairly recently, like you mentioned, you know, 10 months ago um, when a lot was on the line, obviously different circumstances because this is a regular season meeting, but certainly we'll have 
some playoff implications if, you know, all things go kind of the way they've been trending anyways. And a few roster moves came from the team over the past couple of days. So could you give the faithful an update on the latest from George Odom's status and how the team is handling depth at safety and cornerback positions? Yeah, uh, so safety George Odom was actually placed on the injured reserve list and actually updates straight from him. Uh, He underwent surgery and said on his Instagram that he completely tore his biceps. Uh, He is expected to be out for about two months. The surgery went well. Um, Obviously a really big loss for the 49ers because he did provide depth at the safety position, but also is one of the most talented special teams players in the league. At the time that he suffered the injury, he was second uh, amongst all special teams tacklers. Um, So a really big loss for the Niners. he was placed on IR. Uh, we saw defensive lineman Robert Beal Jr. Um, he was activated from the injured reserve list. And then we also saw a couple practice squad moves yesterday. The 49ers signed safety Eric Harris to the practice squad. He is a guy that has a lot of special teams experience as well, provides that same depth, that safety. He actually started his career in the Canadian Football League, um, but was most recently with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, they also signed cornerback Kimon Hall. Um, he was an undrafted free agent that started his career with the Chargers. Um, so just adding some depth to that secondary um, via the practice squad for the Niners. Great. Thank you, Lindsay, for bringing us up to speed. Now, Chris, despite taking some hits to their secondary, it looks like the 49ers will be relatively healthy heading into this matchup with the offensive line getting back into full strength and all their biggest playmakers ready to go. So what are your first impressions when looking at this week 13 49ers team? I mean, the biggest thing is you look at the pieces on offense and you go back to the NFC championship game showdown. And the what if is what if Brock Purdy had stayed healthy and had all those weapons at his disposal and he was able to play the entirety of that game instead of being knocked out on the opening drive. So Obviously, it's very similar to the Eagles in that you look at the receiving core and you have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey, who is such a dangerous threat in both the in the rushing and receiving games. Um, you know that basically it's they need Brock Purdy to just hold up back there and to be able to distribute the football. So the pass rush for the Eagles is always going to be paramount. Now, you have Hassan Reddick, who has been one of the best in the league, but don't sleep on Josh Sweat, okay? He may be considered the number two, but he has been highly productive in generating pressures. Both of these guys have been really, really good, especially late in ball games. And, of course, there's Brandon Graham. He brings the energy. He brings the juice off the bench, but he just set the franchise record for most regular season games played. He's in his 14th season, but he is still providing a spark plug coming off the edge as well. Big question for the Eagles inside at defensive tackle. Obviously, Javon Hargrave was a huge part of the team's run to the Super Bowl last year. He's with you with the 49ers. Fletcher Cox, who has been one of the mainstays, he suffered an injury and his status is up in the air for this Sunday. So you're looking at the last two first-round picks in Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis. And for those of you who are watching the overtime game against the Bills, one of the highlight plays late in that overtime frame that held the Bills to a field goal was seeing all 350 pounds of Jordan Davis tracking down Josh Allen, forcing him out of bounds, not able to be able to convert 
convert the first down scrambling, but those guys are going to have to take on a much bigger expanded role down the stretch. And this is, again, a very good 49ers offensive line led by the anchor there, Trent Williams. I mean, the battle in the trenches is always one of the big things to watch, especially when you see the strength for strength here. But so many weapons here for the Niners. I mean, the plate is going to be full across the board for this Eagles defense. And when you compare San Francisco's and Philadelphia's offenses specifically, you'll see that the stat sheets are very similar and very close. Each team has over 4,000 total yards and over 40% third down rate, exactly 310 points scored for each team and just eight seconds separates these units time of possession. So no matter how each team runs up the offense, they do it and they do it well. So Lindsay, what's going to be the key factor for the 49ers offense to keep their foot on the gas against a high powered Eagles team? Yeah, I think the 49ers do incredibly well when they're able to score on that opening drive. We've seen it in two of the last three games. Uh, They opened up with a punt against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I think getting started quickly early always really jumpstarts this 49ers 49ers offense. And also, you cannot ignore the fact of Christian McCaffrey. He is the heart of the 49ers rushing attack. And when he has a good game, more often than not, the 49ers offense also has a good game. Uh, He's currently leading the league in rushing yards. He had two touchdowns last week against the Seahawks. And again, just such an important key piece of the 49ers offense. So I think you get Christian McCaffrey and the rush attack just going early, and that opens up the passing game for everyone else. Um, So I think those two things are incredibly important. And there's something just a big about a statement opening drive touchdown really gets everybody fired up Um, and I think it's just obviously something nice to have and you want to get started early against an Eagles defense that is absolutely formidable yeah Christian McCaffrey is going into this matchup as the league's leading running back right now even Fred Warner spoke about it on his personal podcast yesterday about how the 49ers run game is heating up in the late months of the season so Chris If you could take us into the mind of Sean Desai, what's been the defense's philosophy to approaching big matchups like this? Well, the funny thing is, you look at the strength of the Eagles' defense, and they are third in the league in stopping the runs. That that is really going to be a huge component of this game because if you can make the Niners one-dimensional and force Brock Purdy to be the one to have to beat the Eagles with his arm, you know that's kind of the situation you want to get yourself into. But in order to do that, you have to limit. Christian McCaffrey's effectiveness. And again, not just in the rushing game, it's going to be, I expect Christian McCaffrey is going to be moved around and utilized in the pass game, especially against an Eagles linebacker core that right now, it looks like they could be down Zach Cunningham, one of their starters. They're already down another starter in Nicobe Dean, who's on injured reserve. So, you know, there's some question marks there. If you're the 49ers offense, it's pretty much trying to figure out, okay, what matchups can we get Christian McCaffrey into? So that's going to be the biggest thing. For me, if I'm Sean Desai, that's the number one thing is we have to limit his effectiveness. And the Eagles at times have been able to do that. You go back to the high-flying Dolphins offense when they played them earlier this season, they were able to limit Tyreek Hill's effectiveness. Last week, Stephon Diggs was not able to be that much of a factor, even though he was the go-to guy. So if they can kind of limit him, the difference, again, with this Niners team is – Very good offensive line, left to right, 
also the fact the multitude of weapons because you have a George Kittle, you have Debo Samuel, you have, you, you, you guys, you guys know you're around the team, you know, all the weapons they have, but <laughs> I think that's, and that's, but that's, I think it's very similar to, and, and you did a great job of mentioning how similar the offensive stats are. That's why the Eagles are able to outlast some of these teams because, okay, say you can stop them for a first half like last weekend and the Eagles are trailing 17 to seven at halftime. Well, all right. Yes, the Eagles have A.J. Brown. They have Devontae Smith. They have Julio Jones. You have guys like Alameda Zacchaeus, you know, stepping up big time. You have DeAndre Swift, who's similar to McCaffrey, where he can be a factor in the run game and the pass game. You know, eventually, and when you have a great quarterback like Jalen Hurts, eventually those guys, those stars, are going to be able to make their plays. The key is, can the Eagles, and I love the point you bring up about the opening drive and saying the tone, the Eagles cannot afford to dig themselves into another big hole. Even though that seems to be when they turn things on, even though that seems to be when they're playing their best, it's like, okay, we're, we got them right where we, where we want them. We're down 10 at halftime. Let's go. You can't count on that against a really good team. Again, like the 49ers who are coming here, knowing that this is the game they've been circling on their calendar saying, this is what would have happened back in January if we had Brock Purdy the entire game. They're trying to make amends for that this Sunday. A very exciting matchup to come this Sunday, but that will do it for it today. So thank you so much, Lindsay and Chris, for joining me in this update. Don't forget to follow First and 10 on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Turn on the notifications so you're in the know when we post any breaking news updates. And thank you, Faithful, for tuning in. Yeah.